Welcome to Life's a Beach. I'm Bruce Hopkins, better known as Hoppo from Bondi Rescue. Each week I'll be sharing some stories, the good, the bad and everything in between. I'll be chatting to guests about their life experiences and giving our listeners an insight to the challenges we have faced in our lives. We'll share a few jokes and some banter along the way and hopefully our experiences will resonate with you. As the saying goes, while life's a beach, it can also be a bitch. Hey everyone, this week on Life's a Beach, I chat to Matt Levy. He's a para-Olympian. He was born premature at 25 weeks with cerebral palsy and he's also legally blind. He's had 40 or 50 operations on his heart, lungs, brain and ears. He is now a swimmer. He's been to five consecutive Paralympic Games. So now let's have a listen to my chat with Matt. This week in the Beach Shack, it's a pleasure to have Matt Levy. He's just got back from the Paralympics and uh, he had a big campaign there. So how are you, Matt? Yeah, yeah, pretty good. Um, yeah, it was a big, um, a big uh, adventure, I guess. It was uh, yeah, great to, I guess, get, get over there finally. It was delayed um, by a year um, last year. So, um, yeah, it was great to get over there and compete and um, represent my country. But you have... Uh been to a fair few Olympic Games. What was different this time? Like, obviously, you know, we've got COVID and, you know, did you notice a lot of difference with, um, you know, being around the village and actually going and do your races? Yeah, so it's very different to previous times. We had, um, uh, we weren't allowed to go to the dining hall, um, so we had to eat in our Australian allotment. Uh, we um, had to wear masks, obviously. Um, we had no crowds. Uh, but other than that, it was a normal games. Um, we raced, um, we competed um, won some medals, did some PBs, but um, all like the other external stuff was um, yeah, a lot different. Well, mate, you um, you were born premature at, at 25 weeks, so and with cerebral palsy, and you're legally blind. So tell us a bit about that from you know way back as a young kid. Yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, I guess I was born pretty early. I had a lot of setbacks early on, and um, yeah, I guess uh, it was really bad. I guess really trying to uh, adapt to what I could do and what I couldn't do um, and not kind of worrying too much about what I struggled with and, and that kind of stuff and kind of working out other ways to kind of do those particular activities. Uh, I think that was kind of probably the mindset I kind of brought into it early um, thanks to, I guess, my parents and their, I guess, belief in their um, understanding of what I can do and that kind of thing. Um, that definitely did help um, and kind of shaped uh, how I kind of see the world today. And do you think that um, gave you a positive outlook, like to, to where you are today? Because I can imagine, you know, people with disabilities, you could easily fall into a, you know, a down period of, of life, you know, and, and but to keep going, it must be tough. Yeah, I think um, that definitely did help having, I guess, a positive mindset to begin with. Um, and yeah, it's definitely tough um, getting knockbacks and, and, not being able to do something continually and having, I guess, that fortitude to keep going when um, you're just not getting anywhere. And I think um, that, I guess, allowed me to kind of work out other ways to kind of do things and um, other ways to get to, I guess, where I wanted to go. Uh, yeah. And, yeah, it, it's, it's difficult. And I think um, for me, I guess I kind of always had a goal um, and always had goals, so I guess that really did help to solidify kind of what I wanted to do. And once I had, once I knew what I wanted to do and 
it's just really working out how I want to get to that end point. Um, and yeah, that was, I guess, the tricky bit that, um, that I guess allowed me to continue to have the motivation to do what I do. Well, mate, you had 40 to 50 operations, you know, on your heart, your lungs, your brain and your ears. Tell us a bit about that. What, what was the reason for all that? Um, so being born preemie, premature, uh, I um, yeah, had a lot of, I guess, issues um, with parts of my body not developing um, as, I guess, a normal person would. Yeah, it was had a lot of issues with my heart early on um, and lungs. So I guess I had to kind of re-plumb that areas basically to kind of make the blood flow flow to where it was meant to be going. Um, and um, yeah, I guess kind of being born early uh, attributed to a lot of, I guess, the issues I had early on. Um, but I guess I haven't obviously let that stop me doing what I've been able to do, which has been good. So... You know, as you're growing older and into teenage years, you know, how did you find school? Uh, what, did you have to go to a, a different type of school or you just went and, and mixed in with um, with everybody else? Um, I think early early on um, I did a lot of therapy and kind of learn the basic stuff and the, the fundamentals, um, pick up stuff and, and that kind of stuff. But, um, yeah, it wasn't easy. You're not um, any different to anyone else, basically. And that's what I find. I suppose this generation now, it, it, everybody's more accepted than, than what they probably were back when I was growing up as a kid, you know, back in the 70s and, and 80s. Do you find that different now and uh, the kids that are coming through with disabilities dealing with things of what you probably did back when, when you were that age? Um, yeah, I guess people are a bit more understanding and they kind of understand what goes on in society more so than when I was growing through. And it's um, yeah, it's still a struggle. I guess it's still the stigma is still out there, um, and it's yeah, always about reminding people that everyone can get to where they need to go. But um, it just takes a bit of time, and um, some people do it do it differently. And um, I guess the great thing about Paralympics is it kind of reminds people of that. But um, you kind of lose that in the in between years. Um, so it's yeah, it's not. I don't think it's a natural process yet. Um, that society kind of understands, but um, it's getting better. Well, mate, you're going back to the Olympic Games. Um, you have done, was it, was it five consecutive Paralympic Games? Uh, yeah, so Tokyo was my fifth. Right. Mate, what was your first one? And, and for listeners out there, you're a, a swimmer. Uh, what um, uh, category are you in for the swimming? Yeah, so first games was 2004. Um, I'm an S, S7, which is a mild cerebral palsy. Um, so in the swimming, um, they categorise us from S1 um, being the most disabled to um, S10 being the least, and I um, fit in the middle middle ground, I guess. Yeah, and you, we compete against a lot of people other dis- different disabilities as well. But um, yeah, it's it's definitely a challenge, and um, yeah, it's definitely difficult to watch. But um, yeah, it, it's 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 tough at times because um how the system works but um it is what it is and it's i guess the best they can kind of do with what we've got and mate with the training is there special groups you go and train with or you've got a coach that trains you to to get to this level because it's whether you're an able person or got a disability you've still got to put in a hell of a lot of work and you've still got to have some sort of natural talent to be able to do what you do swimming yeah um i've been um based as australian issues sport in canberra for the past year and a bit um but um that's i guess a specific squad and we have just paralympians that train here 
But um, prior to that, I was in a mainstream squad with other people that didn't have disability and that kind of thing. And um, most of my, all of my swimming career, apart from the last year and a half, I've been in a, in a squad with people that are able-bodied and people that are, I guess, going for nationals and state level and, and that kind of thing. So um, yeah, it's great to kind of um, get understanding of how they do things and how I can kind of do things better and, and, and that kind of thing. And it's, um, yeah, it's, it's good to have that kind of mixture in that. Uh, understanding and what distance do you swim in the um in the when you race was it 100 meters 200 meters uh so in tokyo i swam um, 100 meters freestyle uh, 100 meters breaststroke 50 freestyle but um in my over my career i've done anything from 400 to 50 butterfly breaststroke um a whole range of events but um yeah i'm looking at the shorter distance as you get older Mate, uh, tell us about your successes, though. Uh, you know, you've won gold medals, silver medals, bronze medals. Tell us um, an Olympics that stood out that, you know, your achievements are great across the five, but is there anything that stood out? Um, I think this one was pretty good. Like, I was a lot calmer. I kind of worked out how to stood out, um, but also the fact that um, I can control the controllables and I could control my nerves and all that kind of thing. Whereas the other ones, it was just, yeah, it was a little bit different, but um, yeah, as you said, like the, all the games has been different for different reasons. And um, I think London 2012 was probably the best in terms of results, but this one just passed was probably the best in terms of how I approached and what I did good um, to get the best outcome. And, you know, when you go to the Olympic games, you obviously form a lot of good friendships, uh, you know, with people as well. And, the opening ceremonies and the closing ceremonies and you know that must be something that is very special to you and and something that you know keeps life in perspective as well because it's just something to keep striving for yeah it, um it's, it's pretty cool to i guess have those experiences and to kind of uh get understand different perspectives um i think is is what i kind of look forward to and yeah it's just experiencing how and understanding how people react and approach different things is pretty pretty cool and um, I guess that's kind of why I enjoy what I do it's not so much the winning the races and doing the PBs it's I guess the experiences that you get along the way which is pretty cool but there's sometimes when you do these races and you're in that environment does it make you forget about your disability at all when you're in the pool swimming yeah I think you just um, when I started swimming I started swimming for health reasons and for therapy and because um, it was a lot easier to do stuff in the water and um, it's still the same today. You kind of forget about all your troubles. You forget about all your worries, and um, you, you forget about a lot of a lot of things when you're when you're competing. And you just focus on what you're there to do and what you um, what you've trained to do. But you've held four world records. Um, in, in what distance was that? And give us the listeners, I suppose, an idea of what time you know the times that you actually do. Yeah. So the most recent world record, I think, is 200 freestyle. Um, so I do about a two minutes 13. Um, so that's, yeah, it's not too bad. Um, and uh, the other ones, I think, I'm not exactly sure. Um, I think they were short course. Um, so world short course, we had an event uh, in Brazil in 2009. Um, and I, I broke a few world records there um, in 100 IM, which I did about a one minute seven seconds. And... I can't remember the rest, but yeah, it's, it's obviously great to hold a world record, but at the end of the day, world records are made to be broken. Um, I think it's the execution, I guess, that for me, is that's the main 
focus and um, yeah, not so much, I guess, the times at the end of the day. Well, mate, that's a pretty good time, 2.13 for 200 metres. So I'd, uh, <laughs> I'd like yeah. anyone out there listening that, that, that not sure on the times, jump in and time yourself for 200 metres and let's see how close you get to 2.13, which I'm, I'm pretty sure a lot of people out there with their, uh, would not get even near that time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you're also awarded the Order of Australia medal. How great was that, the feeling of being honoured in that way? Yeah, it was really cool. Um, I guess it's to be, it's, yeah, it kind of signifies all the sacrifice and all the hard work, I guess, that, that, that I've done. And, um, yeah, it's, it's good to be recognised from an Australian public perspective. And yeah, I guess, it, it, yeah, it's just really cool. Um, to be honoured just um, more than just your sport, but um, for sport in general. But tell us about your um, ambassadorships. You've um, got a few of those. So how about you run through those? There's Australia Day, the Westpac International Disability, and there's many more. So give us a, an idea and insight into what that means to you and um, also what it entails. Yeah, there's a few. Um, I, I guess oh, you mentioned a few then. Really, that's just about me kind of trying to give back to the community. I'm, I'm passionate, I guess, about disability. Uh, I'm passionate about about that that area and um, also um, Lifestyle Treasures. I'm an ambassador for that um, particular charity as well. And um, I guess, yeah, there's things that I kind of feel that I can kind of give back to um, in the community and kind of I have a bit of understanding of. And, um, yeah, that's, I guess, kind of why I look to those type of charities to kind of give back to which is cool well mate with that what what advice would you give young kids with a disability you know they're they're probably struggling or they're trying to get motivation and i think someone like yourself could give a lot of motivation to these kids and maybe one day strive to go to the olympic games themselves yeah i guess advice that i'd probably give to someone would be or anyone would be um don't take your opportunities for granted and um really kind of look at life with a glass half full, um, at the end of the day, we um, arrive in this world with nothing and we leave with nothing, but we have all these experiences and all these lessons that we learn along the way. So if you can take something from everything you do, you'll be uh, the better for it and um, more enriched, I guess, uh, life for it as well. And also with your, um, you mentioned your parents were, were very supportive um, of you. What, what would you say to parents out there that have got kids that, with, with disability to try and encourage them to, to go and do great things? Um, yeah, I guess just be patient, um, be positive, uh, and, yeah, just, I guess, be, be open um, to the experiences of, of what, what they do because, yeah, it's, it's a tough process, whether it's sport, whether it's um, any other type of activity, um, to go through that when you're young. So it's yeah, it's really about having something, finding something that they're passionate about, and finding something that, yeah, that that can help them, I guess, grow in in that particular area. But were there tough times in your life where you thought you were going to give up? Was there any thought ever that look, it's just all too tough. I I, I can't do this anymore. Yeah, there was. I guess for me, yeah, it was really bad. I guess thinking back to those tough times, uh, times where I couldn't take those first steps out of hospital bed. And those are just times I think back on when I don't want to do something or don't feel like I want to do something. And yeah, I guess there's, I also think back to um, situations where there's been 
far worse people in far worse situations than, than me. Um, and at the end of the day, the, you've got nothing to really complain about because um, there's people in a lot worse situations than you are at that particular time. And I kind of look at that as a as motivation because mm-hmm. we really shouldn't take anything for granted. But um, yeah, it's just really about kind of trying to be positive in that situation. Well, you've, you've got a great attitude uh, towards life, and I can. It's just amazing on listening to you speak. And look, obviously, I work as a professional lifeguard. We deal with a lot of suicide as well. Um, we cover the gap there at Bondi uh, mm-hmm. up towards the, the Sydney Heads. And you often see, and this is what this podcast is sort of about: is you hear people complaining about so many things in the world, and then you get you on the and having a chat, saying, you know, you've got the, the disabilities that you have, but you're so positive in saying that there are people that are worse off than you. And I think that's a great leaf out of everybody's book listening that you need to stay positive and you need to not worry about the small things like we all do. Yeah, definitely. I think it's, yeah, it's tough to say stuff. Um, but it's, um, it's, it's easy to say stuff, but I'm tough to action it. Um, but I think if you have a process, if you break break things down into smaller bite-sized chunks i think it makes it a lot easier to understand and a lot easier to comprehend because um yeah like we can get really scared by big goals and really turned off by things we potentially don't see as as possible but um i think if we just break them down and make it into its simplest form it makes it a lot easier well mate talking about your work your your chat an analyst for westpac banking group tell us a bit about that I mean, I'm a lifeguard, so I have no idea what goes on in the banking world, so you might give me an insight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's um, I basically kind of work on basically the people side of change, um, uh, working on, I guess, how we implement change to our front line, how we implement change to those people that are taking the calls, those people that are um, doing the doing on the, on the front line. And I guess that's kind of how I can kind of describe my role uh, in a nutshell. Um, yeah, it's kind of, I guess, using a bit of my life skills as well, but also using, I guess, um, skills that I've learned um, by doing change courses and um, doing an MBA as well. Mm. Mate, you've got a, a book out as well. Tell us a bit about that. Yeah, so I wrote a book um, uh, November last year, um, and it kind of really talks to my concept of success and kind of what I believe has got me to where I've got um, and kind of puts steps into really easy to understand pillars that um, I guess it can be related to any uh, uh, business, sport, um, personal, um, just because I guess people some little nuggets to to look at and to potentially use um, in their daily lives. The uh, future for you, like, is there another Olympic Games? I mean, it's only a Paralympic (laughs) Games, sorry. It's only, um, what, three years away? Um, I think I'll take it year by year. Um, next year's Commonwealth Games and, yeah, the year after that's the World Championships and next year's World Championships as well. So um, there's a lot on. But, um, yeah, you don't want to be competing post um, after you've had your best days. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, it's, it's really about taking it year by year and if I'm enjoying it, um, I can continue on. But, it, yeah, it's just a matter of, I guess, working out that right balance. And I mean, do you enjoy the travel around the world, seeing different countries, and you know, swimming has given you that opportunity. Uh, yeah, post post pre COVID, 
um, yeah, I did enjoy it, but um, I didn't enjoy two weeks quarantine post um, post the games. So that's really tough. Um, just got out today, uh, but um, yeah, it, it's really good. It's fun traveling and fun seeing and experiencing new things. So you found that that would have been really tough that that fourteen days of quarantine and yeah, what did you end up getting up to? And that just we much to do watch TV. Yeah, well, I worked during quarantine, which is great, kept kept me busy. But um, yeah, it's not wasn't easy, uh, and yeah, just trying to keep keep uh, uh, yeah doing a bit of work and and yeah, obviously the Netflix and TV as well. But but yeah, just trying to keep uh, mentally busy during that period. Was it? Did you miss doing the exercise, jumping in the pool and having a swim? Yeah, well, I hope I'm going to swim tomorrow. Hopefully, fingers crossed. So um, yeah, that'll be um, interesting. Having some too two in a bit weeks but um yeah it's good to get back into it yeah yeah well mate um you know hopefully uh you can you know get yourself ready for the uh commonwealth games and uh rip in and get some gold medals there so (laughs) fingers crossed (laughs) i'm sure you will mate you've got uh uh plenty of uh positive uh ways there so you know you never know i mean even though you're getting a bit older now um (laughs) you're never too old no that's it Well, mate, it's the, uh, I've got the segment now that I want to uh, run by. It's five fun facts. So we'll rip into the five questions and sure. uh, we'll, we'll see what you answer. You can come out with whatever answer you like. It doesn't. Okay. There's no right, right or wrong answer here. Mm-hmm. So uh, let's have a go. Who is the messiest person you know? Uh, me. <laughs> uh, what are you most proud of? Um. I guess my resilience and my longevity. What's your death row meal? Uh, pizza. The last thing you ate is now the only thing you can eat. How soon do you die? Well, I had rice and uh, <laughs> rice and salmon. Um, so I think I could maybe last maybe three months. <laughs> That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Yeah, it's not bad. Uh, mate, the last question here. What was the funniest way that you have been injured? Uh, I haven't been injured, so I can't answer that question. <laughs> <laughs> that's good, mate. That's good. You've never been injured, so it's uh, yeah, perfect. T- t- touch wood. Yeah. Mate, it's uh, been great, mate, having you in the beach shack. It's uh, a pleasure, and uh, it's great to see that you're overcoming, you know, the disability, so positive and moving forward with what you do and um, uh, very, very proud of you, mate. And uh, congratulations on on the uh, Paralympics and, and all the, the medals that you have won. Yeah, thank you so much for having me on the show. And, um, yeah, it's been great to be part of the podcast. And, mate, just quickly, uh, where does everybody get your book? Where can they get your book? Yeah, my, on my website, so www.mattlevyoam.com.au. Um, yeah. And it's available on ebook as well uh, on Amazon or Booktopia, um, but hard copies you can get from me. And mate, uh, thanks again, and uh, we'll all be following you for your uh, your next adventures. Thank you. Thanks, Matt, for stopping into the beach shack and uh, telling a story about being a Paralympian. Now let's go to Beach Banner. Okay, this week in the Beach Shack, it's uh, and welcome to Brad Rope from Maroubra Lifeguards. Ropey, how are you? Yeah, good, mate. Yeah, happy to talk. Mate, uh, 
I hear you've got a little bit of um, history with uh, Maxi over towards South Maroubra there, and I thought I'd get you on and and uh, talk about that because he's started with us when he's about sixteen, but I think uh, the early days. Let's get some info on him. Yeah, well, look, I've known uh, Maxi. He must have been ten or eleven years old. You know, he's a South Maroubra nipper, and obviously me working down there. You know, I had a lot to do with him growing up. He'd be one of those little grommets that would just hang by on the flags, you know. If I'd be whistling swimmers into the flag there, he'd be there pointing them in, you know, after after he'd done his nippers. Um, so just a, a real cool, you know, little character as a kid. And um, I, I actually, I think, you know, we'd be dealing with board riders and, and he'd be standing right next to us, you know. And, and he was actually a really good chat, even though he was 10 or 11 years old. He, he was literally like... Um, Mate, not just in like not not just asking us questions about lifeguarding, but just asking us about life. And it's like as if he knew he was going to be a lifeguard from ten years old, and he, he knew he wanted to get involved in the fire department and, and and everything like that. But one incident that actually comes to mind was um, I remember seeing this young girl and Maxie standing next to me. I think we were there blowing you know blowing the whistle, keeping everyone in the flags and. Maxie's standing next to me, and next thing I just hear a scream, and there's this young girl screaming out for help. And um, so there I am, get the shirt off, got the board, just about to paddle out. And then Maxie's screaming out, Ropey, Ropey, do you want me to come? Do you want me to come? I go, no, you're right, mate. Stay on shore, stay on shore. But little did I know, I'm paddling out, you know, racing to save this girl's life. And he's next to me, racing me to the patient. And, you know, obviously I've got all all, all the boys watching me, you know, and so... I'm not only racing to save this girl's life, but I'm racing a 10 to 11-year-old kid on a nipper board to make sure that I get to the patient first. And, you know, he's obviously, you know, he was a state board paler and stuff like that in the nippers. Um, I believe we got there at the same time, but it, it was just hilarious that I'm sitting here racing a 10-year-old kid to a patient and I think I got her on and as I'm paddling her in, he's calming her down and saying just, you know, he, he was paddling next to us and telling her to stay calm and you're doing well and stuff like that. Yeah, so, um, yeah, he, he's an amazing character and, and he and he's done so well, you know what I mean? I'm so stoked and, you know, how well he's done at Bondi and, and now on the fireys, he's, he's an asset to any service that he's involved in and, I really think the most ironic thing now, you know, is I've got kids of my own and he's um, he's writing children's books, you know what I mean? So it's like I'm reading children's books that are written by Maxi to my kids and I've known him as a kid, you know what I mean? So it's, yeah, it's, it's an amazing ride and he's done so, so well and I'm, yeah, so stoked how, how well he's gone in life. Yeah, mate, has done well. So that might have been the the spark, mate, to get him to be a professional lifeguard because he, uh, yeah, he's loved it. He's come on well, and he's, as you said, he's uh, he's got a lot of experience as a lifeguard, which then's helped him get to the fireys, and and now what he brings back to working as a casual lifeguard from the fireys, he's uh, really matured and uh, doing very very well, especially and the books, as you said, that the kids' yeah. books are, are going really well. And, he, and he's a hype character as well, you know. You've got a couple of them over there, hype, uh, Hop. You've got, like, Harry's and Maxie, and they're both, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, <laughs> 100 miles an hour, mate, you know. Yeah, yeah absolute legends. Yeah, so stoked yeah. for them. Mate, it's great, and it's uh, great uh, to have you in the beach shack, mate, and telling your story. Sweet as Hop. Yeah, happy to talk, mate. Legend, cheers. Now it's time to have a listen to the fans in the mailbag. 
Okay, this week's letter is from Bill and he's from Queensland. The question is, how did you handle lockdown? Well, we've uh, in Sydney we've been locked down for a, a long period, probably nearly uh, up around that three month mark. And uh, I was lucky enough to still be able to work. So heading down to Bondi, working as a lifeguard, and uh, a lot of people were still heading to the beach. So we needed to make sure that they were safe. So the impact uh, work wise was pretty good. But uh, outside of that, you know, not being able to go and have a beer at the pub or go to restaurants was pretty uh, difficult. We had to do all that at home. So that sort of things were, uh, were very tough. And I'm glad now we've come out of lockdown and we are able to go to the pubs and restaurants again. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Remember to subscribe to Life's a Beach wherever you get your podcasts and hit us up with questions, comments, or follow us on our social media channels, which you can find in our show notes. That's it for today, beach fans. Stay safe and swim between the flags.